Yeah, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for what you have invested in this man over so many years. And uh, just thank you that there is that deposit in him of your extraordinary goodness and grace and your character and your love and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit and knowledge that we've all experienced. And we thank you that out of the fullness of his heart, he will speak to us this morning. He will bring secrets and treasures from your throne as you've invested in him. So we open ourselves up and we pray that as he gives out this morning, Holy Spirit, you will give back such a blessing on him, a blessing in his spirit, a blessing in his physical health, a blessing in every part of his body that he will know he will know he is seated at the throne this morning, receiving all the blessing and goodness that you have for him as he gives of himself this morning. Amen. Well, I wanted to start this morning with uh, a testimony. Um, it's great to have one. And um, it's just over a year since I had my diagnosis of, of cancer. And um, I think you'll probably remember the last time I came to speak. I was um, clutching onto the, uh, either the lectern or the, uh, the shepherd's crook that I was carrying at the time. And uh, I found it dif difficult to, to stay the course. I mean, I was determined to be there. And uh, I was feeling a lot better than I had done uh, during the year. Uh, but I just want to say, last November, on the 7th of November, it was when Johnny spoke about healing the sick. And... I came to that because I wanted to have a bit of continuity before I spoke the following week. And uh, she said something which has absolutely stayed with me uh, about praying. Um, you can't, uh, and being successful in praying for the sick, you can't earn it, you can't learn it, you have to burn with it. And that has really stayed with me. That it was, the, and because I was going to speak about um, keeping the fire of God burning in our hearts, uh, it was just, it was just brilliant. And then she had some great feedback from uh, healing that actually took place uh, as a consequence of her speaking. And I came in on the 14th of November and put a marker in the sand that I wanted to be uh, sort of back in the forefront of what God was doing and, and not just sort of being at home and, and feeling unwell between treatments and, and so on. And uh, I just need to tell you that looking back on the records which I've needed to keep uh, about my health, I have not had a down day since November the 14th. I'm sorry, Jean. <laughs> it's, it's been tougher for Jean than it has been for me a lot of the time, um, as you can imagine. But it's just, it's just incredible. I'm not, I'm not naive enough to say that's it. I'm, I'm through all of this. Uh, the doctors are still quite concerned about uh, the condition that I have. They're encouraged by the uh, response to the treatment, but I'm not, I'm not free of everything yet. But I know that I know that I know that God has touched me. And I know that the medical team now refer to me as Miracle Man, which is just incredible. Because I haven't really shared very much. Uh, I haven't been able to. I've hardly spoken to my consultant. Uh, when I have, it's been a very short phone call. So there we go. So that's what a great testimony to be able to start with, though, that, uh, you know, some, something happened when I put that marker down. And uh, at the moment, I stand before you feeling better than I did well before uh, the diagnosis. 
back even further, a lot further actually, when Jean and I had the opportunity to um, help with the leadership of the Slough uh, Church, I did a series of talks which I called Keep It Simple. And I just want to say before I, I go on to what I want to share this morning, that's, that's still my philosophy. I have this feeling that the more complex the argument, the more likely it is to be wrong. Um, and certainly when it comes to our theology, if we have to spend a lot of time explaining and justifying and all the rest of it, we've probably missed a point somewhere. I'm not saying there isn't stuff to be dug or that there isn't stuff to go deeper with. I'm saying there's a simple truth and you always start from the simple truth. Now, back in the first years of the 20th century, in many parts of Wales, which you know I have a, a family connection with and which I love, people were beginning to get stirred again to pray for their communities. And there was one such pastor called Joseph Jenkins, who was in Newquay, which is on the uh, west coast of Wales. And he had what he described as an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I'm just really encouraged that uh, having been given copies of the, uh, the Brian Heasley's book, um, Be Still, the very first chapter of the book is Encounter. And so before we go any further, I want to pray for us that we have an encounter today, but that we go on having encounters with the Holy Spirit. So Father, as we open our hearts to you, I pray that we will not just hear words and just give our nods to, to what is said, but that we will have an encounter with your, your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you come and flood us afresh? Not just touch us, but flood us. That we know that we've been filled to overflowing with your power, and your fire, your enthusiasm, both for our own lives and for those of those around us. So, on the 14th of February, 1904, Joseph Jenkins preached on 1 John 5, verse 4. And I will read that to you a bit later, but the great thing was there was a young girl in his congregation. She was 19 at the time. Her name was Florence. Isn't that great? Florrie Evans. And she listened to his talk and she was convicted that she didn't have the joy and the, the excitement in her life that she felt she should have done from what he said. So after the service, she went to see the minister. It took her ages walking up and down outside his house before she actually plucked up courage to knock on the door. And his challenge to her was, can you really say to Jesus, you're my Lord? And she, her reply was something simple along the lines of, well, I know what that means, but no, I don't think I could at the moment. It hasn't, hasn't got to me in that way. It's, 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 it's here, but it's not here. So he just said to her, well, you go away and you just talk to Jesus about surrendering to him and allowing him to be Lord in your life. 
Long story short, but the following week, um, after the evening service, there was an opportunity for people to um, talk a little more deeply with the minister. And he asked the question to the whole, I think there were about 60 people there, and most of them were young. He asked the question, what does Jesus Christ mean to you? And one of the answers that he got was, he's the saviour of the world. And he said, yes, that's absolutely true. But what does that mean to you? And the challenge that I have for you this morning is, to you, what does Jesus mean? And in deference to, uh, to Kerry, who I know has done a, uh, a broadcast in Welsh today, uh, which is really quite phenomenal, Florrie Evans said, Arrivian Cari as he graced am hosk calon. Arrivian Cari as he graced am hosk calon. That means I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And there was quiet. And then people began to respond. It's the first recorded sort of thing that happened at the beginning of the Welsh Revival in 1904. And it all goes down to one girl just saying, I love Jesus. And I really believe that has to be the starting point for each of us. As we set out to run the race that Paul challenged himself and us last week, if we're to run this race, we've got to be running it because we love the Lord Jesus because he's the one who is the starter and finisher of the race. It's his race we're running. We're not running for any other reason. We run for the prize for which he's called us heavenwards. It's not just a, a thing. And it will, it will then, that will spill over so easily into, into Wycombe. It will spill over so easily into all the other strategies and things that we have. But if we don't have that, utter love for Jesus, then going to all the world will mean very little to us. And the tracks our races run on are different. I think somebody said that, um, it may have been Sarah said it last week, I can't remember, but uh, the individual tracks that we run are different. So we don't look at one another and say, no, he's not running the same way as I am, that's wrong. Um, but we do recognise that we've all been called the same way. And I have no doubt that God calls us to run together, even if we're not running on the same track and it doesn't all look the same. Not sure that uh, God's always very helpful to us when he speaks. <laughs> so rarely does he say things just straightforward. Simply, yes, but straightforward, no. He speaks through myths, through mystery with metaphors and parables and paradigms and prophetic symbolism. And I'm sure he does that in order for us to, one, see the simple truth, but then, two, to want to dig deeper. You have, to, you have to want to dig deeper, but you don't need to complicate stuff to do it. So I just want to consider a couple of metaphors for the church today, two, perhaps three. Um, one of which is that we're an army. 
And the other, which I think is far more relevant to us at the moment, is that we're family. See, the problem with becoming army is that we straight away get into hierarchy. Who's, who's in charge? Who's, you know, and okay, I, I know the spiritual answer is Jesus is the captain, so Jesus is, is the head of the army, and that's all very well. But it also means that the way that we think about the church and how it's organised suddenly becomes very structured. You know, and the, the pastor has to be the, the next in command, and then who's his team? And they're the sort of junior officers, and, and, and. And we missed the point already. So it's a helpful metaphor if we're going to say, yes, we're going to take uh, enemy territory. But it's not the way we're supposed to think of one another. I used to like to think that the pastor in a church was more like the, um, the PT instructor. He was there to make sure everyone was fit. Uh, he wasn't there to, to lead in the sense of being the first in the battle all the time. There were officers and people who were trained and were great at doing that, but they weren't the PT instructors. And if you've ever been involved in, in the armed forces, you would know that PT instructors are very rude to their senior officers. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they stir them up. They, they challenge them. Uh, they say, that's not good enough. So, so I'm going to read you some scriptures. I'm not going to say very much more. I just want to read some scriptures which I think God wants us to take note of. And the first one is from Joshua. Now Joshua has been promised, of course, that uh, he would give it. Uh, he would be given every place where he set his foot, his feet. Um, and we've used the same um, metaphor to talk about taking territory, going into our communities, and that God's promise is that he will give us every place where we set our feet. And in verse 14, I think, sorry, this isn't, this isn't my regular Bible. Oh, he's talking, talking here to those, those people who said, we're really happy where we are, actually. We don't want to cross the Jordan. <laughs> we don't want to go into the Promised Land. We're really happy. This, this looks good. Uh, but God has called his people into somewhere different. He's called them to, to the Promised Land. And uh, so there is a call on those people who've already said in their heart, this will do. And it is that they too need to go ahead. It says, your wives and your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he's done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land. So I want to say to you that if, and it's been true of me that I've been too tired to do quite a lot of stuff, but if you've been feeling that you haven't got the energy to go further. I'm saying to you that the Lord is actually still saying, you're all in this together. All for one, one for all. And if you're tired and you don't feel that you can get involved in some of the other stuff, then for goodness sake, pray. Because prayer is something we can all do, has just been, just been said. And... Uh, don't, don't be left behind. Be prepared to cross the Jordan 
spiritually with your brothers and sisters and take the land that God has, has offered. And before they went, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And I want to take that as a promise as well, that it's not just a, okay, we need to go and do these things. We need to expect amazing stuff to happen. I'm going to go way off piece now. I've, I've got, some, got some notes and some other scriptures. But in Acts chapter 4, uh, after Peter and John have been arrested and things are not looking good and there's persecution beginning amongst the, the believers, that's when they prayed together and the place that they were in was shaken and what they prayed was God you well, you consider the threats now I want to say to us again we are not being persecuted particularly for our faith in this country if you look at what goes on in other parts of the world we have it so easily but there are threats to the gospel and those threats to the gospel can come from within us they can come from outside us they can they are just things which inhibit us from sharing the good news one of those can even just be our own disagreements they're still threats threats to the gospel and the word is not to deal with those we need to deal with those it's lord you deal with those you deal with the threats. Give us boldness to share your word. Give us boldness to go out there. And you stretch out your hand to perform miracles. We've got our, our commission is to go and to share the good news. And it's God's purpose to deal with, to, to sort out the issues which are in the way. And it is God's business to follow our preaching of the word with signs and wonders the miracles okay i wasn't going to say that but hey i think it's i think it's important that we realize that this isn't just something we can strategize about and, and just go and do stuff this is spirituals so moving swiftly into the new testament just want to read a couple of passages from ephesians and then maybe we can pray again need to remember what it was that God was speaking to me about. In Ephesians 6, I'm sure you're familiar with it, in verse 10, Finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And it goes on, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. I was just reminded of David trying to put on Saul's armour. <laughs> and the only thing that David couldn't do once he put on Saul's armour was run the race. It was too heavy for him. Now, <laughs> you've got to hear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying this passage is wrong. All of that's right. It just happens when you mix metaphors. <laughs> so if we're going to be the army and we put all this stuff on, we still need to be running the race. 
And I think God at the moment is calling us more as family to run the race than he is to try and be army and to, to wear and to carry all this armour. What I did want to do was just read that passage from 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's the challenge of scripture that led Florrie Evans to search her own heart and discover her love for Jesus. There's not much army stuff in that. It's family. It's love for the children of God, love for one another. Jesus said to his disciples that knowing how we love one another would be the biggest example to the world. Not how we stand together and march together like an army, but how much we love one another. So I shall finish by reading Ephesians chapter 3, another verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family, family, in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I believe that's how we run the race. We pray for one another. We, we understand that this isn't an easy thing to do, that we're going to have face challenges. There are going to be things that we have to overcome. But the truth is that God has known all that from the start. And he has given us his Holy Spirit. And he's given us love for one another and love for Jesus. So I make that plea again, let's keep it simple. Let's start from that point of love for Jesus. Father, forgive us when we've made stuff so complicated, when we've allowed uh, isms and ologies, even points of doctrine to become more important than just loving Jesus. And Father, we trust you. We trust you to deal with the stuff where uh, there are issues in our own hearts that need to be cleared up. Father, we trust you. 
I just want to say in passing that one of the things that allows me to trust the, the leaders that we currently have in Marlow is the fact that they are absolute examples of this. They love the Lord Jesus with all their heart. And I think as, as leaders in River Church over the years, we have always, always sought for that to be the most important thing. Haven't always succeeded, I'm sure, but that has always been the hallmark of River that we try to love the Lord Jesus with all our hearts and let the rest follow. Let's just be quiet just for a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us individually. Father God, we worship you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Last week I looked around at the end of the meeting and I saw... Al sitting over there somewhere, Al Bullen, and uh, I really felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go sit next to him and say, will you pray for me? He said, what for? And I said, I just want help running the race. He showed me later in the week that he'd wanted to pray for me for the last two or three weeks, but the Holy Spirit had said to him, just wait, he'll come to you. And, uh, and then I did. And he had a very simple word for me. And it was a personal word for me about uh, just taking on, taking on board more beauty from around me and just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me. It was a very simple word. But I just want to encourage us that we don't have to go hierarchical in the army looking for words from God. The person who's probably got the word from God for you at the moment is probably sitting somewhere else in this room or on Zoom with you. It's perfectly alright to have a word for somebody and feel that you need to share it and it's perfectly alright to ask somebody to pray for you because you feel they might have a word for you or just let them pray blessing. But let's be people who encourage each other in this race. Let's be people who want the very best thing. The Ephesians prayer that we all know the depth and the breadth the love that God has. So let's just let John and team lead us in a bit more worship. And then, as far as I'm concerned, it would be really good if we could all start praying for one another. And if you're on Zoom, stay on Zoom and just pray for one another on there as well.